continuing with the CPP conversation, uh, lots of calls. We'll get to them. I promise you. Like I said, we'll continue with this right up until 11, maybe even past 11. Um, People want to talk about it. It's a big issue. They should talk about it. And we'll try and get you some insight, too. We're going to speak with Moshe Lander, who's an economist at Concordia University. Get his take on all of this. Uh, Moshe, thanks for joining us. Appreciate your time. My pleasure. So uh, we covered the announcement yesterday, like 24 hours ago now almost, and it was kind of interesting at the time. But as the day went on, I just it, it seemed funnier and funnier to me that they came out with a $334 billion windfall. <laughs> I mean... It's absurd on its face, isn't it, Moshe? It is, and they're exploiting uh, basically not a loophole in the legislation, but a flaw in the legislation that was never updated and never corrected because it would have required going through Parliament. And I guess just nobody ever figured that we would be in a position where a province would try and lay claim uh, by exploiting this, this flaw. Um, what's more reasonable? I know Trevor Toome came out and he said he thought it might be 20 to 25. CPP says we're looking at it at closer to 16. I mean, is there any way of no- How can we not know, Moshe, if something like this was to happen? What do you think is reasonable? I, I think that the, the difficulty is going to be trying to disentangle exactly what's been paid in by Albertans uh, over a, a period of, of decades, right? So, you know, to sit there and start going through like forensic accounting and line item trying to figure out what in there belongs to Albertans is is probably more hassle than what it's worth. So I, I think what you're going to find is that uh, if it's truly something that Alberta wants to do, uh, it's whatever number you can get the, the provinces to agree on, right? Alberta's not going to be able to unilaterally snatch that money uh, because it's tied up in a Canadian pension plan. And so the other provinces are going to have to agree to it. And I think if they try and get too greedy, uh, you can easily imagine other provinces lining up saying, you're not taking my money. No. Uh, I don't know what that number is then. Even Doug Ford, Scott Moe, the, the friendliest premiers in, in the country to Daniel Smith, I think would look at her and say, are you crazy? There, there's no way. We can't let that happen, right? That's exactly it. And if they thought that there was any chance of success, then it they'd fact, do it. Exactly. And, and that would be the end of the Canadian pension yeah. plan, right? So it would, it, would, it would instantaneously bankrupt the system. And so all of our fears that we've been talking about for decades that will the CPP survive? Will it be there when we retire? Yeah. Um, you know, the fear mongering was never built on the idea that somebody would just unilaterally grab the cash. Uh, if we start realizing that that could happen, um, then then it merely just takes threats to grab it that could actually destabilize the entire system. Because remember that the, the people that are investing that money on our behalf have to face those stakeholders and say, we're stable, we're secure, you don't have to worry about the, the money, right? Um, if they start flinching and thinking that, wait a second, this might not be stable, uh, the returns would start falling. So even if the system survives, it's going to survive at a lower rate of return, which is not good for our pension. Yeah, so let's, I mean, aside from that number, does that change the other numbers that we heard yesterday? Uh, one of the things they put for, and this sounds great, hey, listen, instead of paying 9.5%, Albertans will only pay 5.9%. Your benefit won't change, you'll pay less. Win-win. I mean, do all those numbers follow from the big number, or is maybe there a better case to be made around some of the smaller ones? Yeah, it, it, it's hard to see how their numbers are going to work. You, you know, if you could promise higher benefits without having to change the, the contributions, then wouldn't we already be doing that? Wouldn't that be something that all Canadians would be clamoring for? Say, yeah, I want that thing. Um, I, I don't see a way in which that can happen. I, I think that what's probably behind it is um, because the Alberta calling is so successful, uh, what you have right now is 
uh, a larger base of young people yeah. than maybe in other parts of Canada. And so the, the way that the pension system works is that uh, current retirees are living on the contributions of current workers. So if you have a big pool of working people in Alberta, they can finance the small number of retirees that exist in Alberta. And that might be to the demographic benefit of Alberta now, but that's not to say that it's going to be to their benefit in 20 years. So even if they can somehow promise that today, I don't know that they're going to be able to promise that continuously if they can't continue to attract people. And if they're going to destabilize the Alberta economy by trying to go it alone, uh, it, it might be a pyrrhic victory. Well, this is the thing, Moshe, and you make such a good point. The demographics may change, but so might the um, the economic um, situation in Alberta. And we all know, I mean, it can change pretty quickly. I mean, the windfall that we got in resource revenue uh, after Russia invaded Ukraine completely turned this province around from a huge deficit to a huge surplus overnight. Um, things can change really quickly. And then not only the demographics changing, like you mentioned, in 20 years, the economic conditions could change almost overnight. And now we're in another very precarious position when it comes to the pension plan. And that's exactly it, too, right? Because Alberta, more so than other provinces, is really living and dying by its boom and bust business cycle, uh, because current workers are paying for current retirees, if Alberta goes into another one of its tailspins when the oil price goes down, then you could find a whole bunch of people are out of work. Well, who's contributing into the pension plan then? And are we going to start to see then that the pensions that seniors are receiving is itself volatile because nobody's working today, everybody's working tomorrow? Uh, how are you going to try and stabilize pensions uh, if, if you do have that boom and bust? So you're right. And in a lot of cases, the Alberta boom and bust cycle is through events that are beyond our control. It just takes one global crisis and we're riding high and it takes world peace and we suffer. Um, You know, that's not within our control. And I I don't think that Alberta wants to get into muckraking uh, and global affairs to try and uh, support its pension system. Yeah, and Moshe, when you talk about the stabilization of that, that happens because it's not tied solely to oil and gas in Alberta. We've got the national base where, you know, it's it's a much bigger ship. And if you've been in a boat at sea, you know the bigger the ship, the less it rocks. That's exactly the principle here, right? We're not sort of by ourselves and we have the cushion that comes from the rest of the country to stabilize it. And that's and that's the way that we forget to see things in Alberta, yeah. right? When Alberta's riding high, we tend to want to lose our Confederation partners and say, we're sick and tired of supporting you. But we forget that when, you know, the oil price drops to $30 a barrel and we're trying to figure out how to ship things out by train, it's so difficult. Uh, you know, they're, they're keeping us afloat. And so, uh, you know, it, it's being a bad neighbor, I think, in general when we take this approach. But I, I think that this current government is in the business of trying to create bad neighbors yeah. and And I think by provoking the federal government, what they're looking to do really is probably settle that, you know what, we'll stay in the pension system, but we want something else from you. And I think that's really the meat that they want to be able to come back with Albertans. Uh, I don't even think they want this to go to a referendum because they couldn't afford to lose that referendum. Uh, And, you know, a referendum question in general always is going to lack clarity. Uh, and so even there, it's going to be difficult to determine what a win is. Well, the thing is, right now, you don't go to a referendum if you're this government, and the latest polling shows you've got 21% who think it's a good idea and well over 50% who don't. You've got to really, really move that needle before you can put it to a vote. So, Moshe, great insight as always. Thanks so much for being here. Anytime.